come together this evening in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for silent reflection and self-examination. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
up your holy name. Let us pray. O Lord, in this wondrous sacrament, you have left us a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now our scripture readings. The first reading on this Monday, Thursday, is from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and I will see the blood. I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is the day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Our second reading is taken from Psalm 116, verses 12 through 19. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. 
Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. The epistle is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 23 through 32. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel is indeed from St. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17 and verses 31 through 35, which are found on page 1673 of your Pew Bible. John 13, 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet 
drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. I, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. That's John 13, verses 8. In the name of Jesus, amen. Do you have your part with Jesus? Is that where you live your life? One with Jesus, hand in hand with him, following him and his example, do you? You may ask, how, how do I get in on that? You ask, is it my doing? Is it my choosing? Are you stuck trying to better yourself? 
Are you repenting? Are you shaping up? Are you fixing? You see, Jesus really does need to be your portion, your inheritance. Otherwise, that's it. You're lost, condemned, and hell-bound. Your being part of Jesus is not determined by you. But that's what Peter thought. Being a follower of Jesus meant that Peter had to grow and take on more responsibility. That's what he thought. He thought he was a co-pilot with Jesus. It's why he said at first, don't wash me. It's why Peter tried to tell Jesus how Jesus should be delivering his gifts to Peter. He even said, no, not this way. I don't want that gift, Jesus. Do it that way instead. But having a portion with Jesus, being one with him is really determined by Jesus. He's Lord, and he determines how and in what way to make you a part of him. He determines to give you an inheritance with him, to make you one with him. Now, there is the Peter way, the way of no cross. Take a look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 22. That's when Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. To which Jesus replied, get behind me, Satan. The other way of Peter is of calling all the shots, as we see in John 13, 7. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? No, you can't wash my feet. And the other way of Peter is this, of fleeing, of denying three times. Now, there's another way. This is the way of Jesus, the way of the cross, and the way of washing, of forgiving, and of uniting with him. Jesus' way is the only way to have a part with Jesus. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And so he does. He washes you completely at the font. He absolves away what you step in from day to day. He portions himself, portions all of himself to you with his body and his blood. And now you live in him and he in you. Jesus wants to take every part of you to himself, to redeem every part in his death, to wash every part, absolve every part, and cover each part 
with his blood. And not just the parts of our lives that we give to him. That is Peter's way. No. He wants the whole lot of you. He wants you solely, soul custody. That's his way. Even the loving God part, the loving neighbor part, he wants. He would give you trust in God above all things. He would give you love for your neighbor as yourself. His washing, his absolving, his body and blood do exactly that. You could go on your own. Go on your own way and not receive his word and gifts. But Jesus' way is the way, Jesus' way is the Calvary way, the way of salvation. And in his washing you, that's your way too. In John 13, verse 10, Jesus said to him, He who's bathed does not need anything except to wash his feet, for he is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all. You're clean. Did you hear that? You're completely clean. You're as white as the colors on the altar this Monday, Thursday. How can you be anything else? In Jesus, you're not. You're not anything else but clean. You've been washed. You've been sanctified, made holy by his blood. You were wiped clean at the font. Now, because of the water and the word of the holy baptism, you are a washed, clean, pure, holy, spotless child of God. And he's given you his name. He has marked you as his holy one. You're his saint. But that's not all for you, is it? Does the accuser, the liar, question you? Does he say, no, that's everybody else but you? Because you know what you've done. I know what I have done. We gossiped even before we realized what we were doing. We downloaded the movie, that movie file, illegally, before it ever hit the theaters. We got mad at our brother or sister because of some stupid reason. We clicked that link that we ought not. We're jealous of our neighbor. All these sins and others just creep up on us, and we step into them. Now that we know our sins, and they are many, we want to be like Peter. Lord, wash all of me. But Jesus says this to you and to me. He says, you've already been bathed. I washed you. I cleansed you. Be absolved. Let me take care of that sin Yes, that sin. I will forgive it again and again and again. 
He says, receive my body and blood. It's given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And yes, you fall, I fall into sin. You step in it daily and much. In Christ, you are pure. But in yourself, you are not. Now in this life, you are a sinner. But you are also a saint. Jesus will make sure to keep you spotless and pure. He has washed you. He'll wash your conscience from whatever you happen to step in. He does this to save you, to keep you clean in this life and in the life to come. So you're clean. You're completely clean. You're as white as the colors on the altar this Monday, Thursday. And in Jesus, how can you be anything else but clean? In John 13, 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. A love without end, amen. That is a George Strait song, and it was a song that he authored and performed all the way back in the early 1990s. A love without end, amen. The first time that I heard it sung was by my father-in-law at a wedding, but it wasn't my wedding. My wedding was to come two years later. I was not his son-in-law yet, but that song touched me. The tagline is this, daddies don't just love their children every now and then. No, it's a love without end. Amen. We know that Jesus loves his own. It is written, he loves to the end, his end. And that's how God loves. Jesus knows on this night in which he was betrayed that his time is short. His hour has come. He is going to be betrayed. And he's going to die. Now the world would say, He should love himself before he loves others. The world might even say he should get his affairs in order. Or the world might even say perhaps he should take some me time to figure this all out. But Jesus doesn't love like the world loves. No, Jesus, he wraps a towel around his waist and he gets on his knees God, fully man, fully God, gets on his knees and he cleans between his disciples' toes. And then he dries their feet with a towel that was around his waist. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. That's 1 John Chapter 4, verse 10. Love doesn't count sins. It doesn't keep score or track wrongs. It doesn't look for faults. 
It gives and puts others first. Love, it bears all things. Love, it believes good in all things. Love, it hopes for the best. Now, we don't love that way. We protect ourselves when we love. We love those who love us and are nice to us. It's safer that way. We don't get hurt that way. It's not that we don't love others. We do. We just love ourselves more, well, more than we love others, and definitely more than we love God. Jesus shows us God's love. He suffers, and he dies for our sins. Our love flows from his love. Our love is washed in his love. It is enlivened. Our love is sanctified and made holy in his love. Our love is raised in his love to love others as he has loved us. We love because he loved us first. Now today, Jesus serves you. He washes your feet with his word of forgiveness. And he feeds you his body and his blood. He, your Lord, waits on you. He forgives you. This is how you love, he says. He is seized by a hundred soldiers carrying torches and clubs, led by his friend Judas. He was betrayed with a kiss. And Jesus is treated like a criminal. He's dragged in to the high priest. He is beaten. He is mocked. He is stripped, naked, flogged, rejected, made to carry his own cross. And then he was nailed to that cross. He shows us that a father doesn't just love his children every now and then. No, Jesus loved his own. Jesus loves and loved you. He loved you until the end. And that's how God loves in the name of Jesus, amen. And now our hymn of the day. I got sent home from school one day with a shiner on my eye. Fighting was against the rules and it didn't matter why. Dad got home, I told that story just like I'd rehearsed Then stood there on those trembling knees and waited for the worst And he said, let me tell you a secret about a father's love A secret that my daddy said was just between us he said, daddies don't just love their children every now and then. It's a love without end, amen. 
It's a love without end, amen When I became a father in the spring of 81 There was no doubt that stubborn boy was just like my father's son when I thought my patience had been tested to the end I took my daddy's secret and I passed it on to him I said let me tell you a secret about a father's love A secret that my daddy said was just between us Said daddies don't just love their children every now and then It's a love without end, amen It's a love without end, amen Last night I dreamed I died and stood outside those pearly gates Suddenly I realize there must be some mistake If they know half the things I've done they'll never let me in and Then somewhere from the other side I heard these words again and They said let me tell you a secret about a father's love secret that my daddy said was just between us You see, daddies don't just love their children every now and then It's a love without end, amen It's a love without end, amen Without end, amen. I uh, imagine that that is the first time in Christendom that a George Strait country song was played after a hymn on Monday, Thursday. It, uh, I pray that it blesses you. If it doesn't and you'd like to take it up with me, you can write me at pastor at reflutheran.org. Let us now come together and confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us pray on this holy night in which our Lord gathered his disciples in the upper room. We come to you, O Lord, in his name, with the concerns of our hearts for ourselves and for all people. Grant us zeal for your house, O Lord, and 
a love for the things of your kingdom. Preserve those who are unable to gather together as they wish and grant them their desire quickly. Give your church harmony and peace to confess your word with one voice before the world. Cover us with the blood of Christ and grant us your spirit that we may walk in your ways and do the good that you desire. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, give to us faithful pastors who will preach your word in season and out, and give us ears and hearts willing to hear and heed your voice. Raise up godly men to serve as pastors and raise up godly men and women to serve as teachers and in other offices for your service. Bless those preparing for full-time church work in our colleges and seminaries as well as those considering church work careers. Do not let the world's fears turn them from a faithful and devoted ministry. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Deliver us, O Lord, from every temptation, and lead us to know and do what is holy and right according to your word and commands. Bless those preparing for baptism and those being catechized into the faith, that they would be steadfast in faith in Christ our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the midst of plagues, and enemies that threaten, and a world filled with conflict and terror. Give us wise leaders, O Lord, that we may be preserved from harm. Guide those who make and administer our laws to act in timely and prudent ways, and give to all judges knowledge to render justice with mercy. Bless all military, emergency, and medical workers who defend and help us here and abroad. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As generously as you have given to us, O Lord, teach us to be generous in giving, that the poor may not suffer want, nor your church be deprived of the resources to serve your purpose both here and across the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Have mercy, Lord. Spare your people and turn this pandemic away. Preserve the sick, comfort the fearful, and grant to the dying your peace. Hear us on behalf of all of those who have asked us to pray. Give us healing in accordance with your will, strength to bear up under the burdens of this mortal life, and comfort and hope in this and in every trial. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us your word and spirit, O Lord, that we may discern your Son's presence in, his, in this bread and cup and leave the table with good conscience of sins, that sins that are forgiven. Keep us in repentance that we may not be overcome by sin but pursue goodness and righteousness all of our days. Protect and cleanse the lips of those who eat and drink and remove their, fear, their fears, for this is 
testament, this testament is the promise to strength us in body and soul to life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And for churches that have temporarily suspended the blessed sacrament, Heavenly Father, your Son instituted this most blessed sacrament to eat and to drink that was promised in his testament may be truly received by his friends and heirs. Have mercy on all who are kept from your table in extraordinary circumstances, and do not shut them out of your supper forever. Let the words of this testament echo in their ears and hearts in true faith. Let them believe these words, trusting that they receive spiritually in faith exactly what your Son has both won and declared, that is, the forgiveness of sins. Stir up in us a desire to commune with our fellow Christians on your true body and blood and bring us soon to the table. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You know, O Lord, what we need, and you have promised never to abandon us. Help us to endure in faith and with a joyful countenance receive the blessings of your grace and the answers to our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. At this time, we would normally be taking up offertory and tithes and offerings. Let us pray the prayer of the offertory. Let us pray, merciful Father. We offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, we would normally be doing the words of institution to a packed house and serving his body and his blood. And we will do it, the words of institution, right now. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we praise your name and we join the unending hymn of those who have gone before us. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it 
And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this cup and drink, as long as we eat of this body of this blood or body and drink of this cup we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection and his coming again let us pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing gift. And we pray that through it, you would graciously strengthen us in faith, faith toward you and in love toward one another. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.